we needed something that felt like ours. You know, we felt like we gave so much of our time and our, you know, mental energy and, and everything to our kiddos that I think it did felt like almost reclaiming a little bit of ourselves to be like, I know my 24 hour focus is on my kid, but like, I'm still a person and I'm still a mom. And I still like need to have these conversations that are, are focused on somewhat my, my experience in my life. And, you know, everybody calls you and ask, how's the baby? How's the baby? And quite frankly, there's very little like, how's mom doing? You know, are you looking for a speaker for your next in-person or virtual event? Well, look no further. In case you didn't know, I, Luan, me, her, she, yes, me, am the speaker that you need to make your next event a unique, enjoyable, and engaging special experience. Whether you need an event host, a facilitator for workshops and or trainings, a keynote speaker or someone to participate in your conference event or panels, someone to help lead your event, be it a social media event, a virtual event, in-person event, small or large conference, or even just to be on your podcast, participate in your Facebook groups, or any of your other social media platforms. Look no further. I am here, and I am ready to be a part of your next event. If that sounds good to you, if you're looking for someone to come speak about all things motherhood and more, be it productivity, priorities, mom guilt, rising above your obstacles, and so much more. Head over to my website, lawanmoses.com forward slash speaking and fill out my speaker interest form. I can't wait to be a part of your next event and I look forward to hearing from you soon. Hey friends, welcome to the More Than a Mother show. I am your host, Lawan Moses, and I am a mom on a mission to help you master your mindset, own your time, and make money moves. Join me each week for tangible tips, tools, and strategies you can use in motherhood, business, and life, as well as inspiring interviews from moms just like you, which will help you own your identity outside of motherhood and find the freedom to do more of the things that you love and enjoy. At More Than a Mother, we are redefining the way you think, feel, and look at motherhood. If you are enjoying this show, feeling inspired and motivated, learning something new, or just absolutely love the show, please do me a favor and help me spread the word. Screenshot this episode and share your biggest takeaways in your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag me at Lawan Moses and also tag at More Than A Mother Podcast so that I can share your share with my audience. Each time you share the show, it helps me to reach more and more moms just like you. So are you ready, mama? Let's go. Hey friends, welcome back to the More Than a Mother podcast. This is your host, Lawan Moses, and I'm back with you again for another great episode. If this is your first time listening at More Than a Mother podcast, we are helping moms to create a life outside of motherhood without sacrificing their family time. We believe that moms can pursue their dreams and be great moms at the same time. My guests today are Emma and Mackenzie from the ABC's Amatrescence podcast. Emma and Mackenzie join me today to talk about the matrescence period and how it is important to find a way to balance who you were pre-baby 
with who you are post-baby. We talk about that fourth trimester, the birth of yourself as a mother, and how we can learn as moms early on to weave our dreams and goals into motherhood so that we do not become lost and lose our identity in being caregivers and being mothers. Let's dive into my interview with Emma and Mackenzie. Hey, Emma and Mackenzie. Welcome to the More Than a Mother podcast. I am so excited to have you here as my guest today. Thank Hi. you. Thank Hi, you. guys. Yes, this is going to be a great interview. So before we jump into talking about all the great things with motherhood and all you have going on, could you both please introduce yourself to my audience? Absolutely. I'll start. Hi, everybody. I'm Mackenzie, and I am the mom of a little guy, Emerson, who's about 20 months old at the time of recording this. So I guess we will see what age he is when the episode comes out, but he is 20 months. And I live in Rhode Island with my husband, and we've been here for the last four years. We're not sure where life is going to take us after this, but we're certainly enjoying our time here. I am a French teacher. That is what I went to school for and did my master's work in and have done professionally for, oh gosh, I don't want to date myself, but quite some time. Taught at the college level and then high school level as well. So I'm doing that as part-time right now. And the other time I am home with my little guy. So let's see what else. I enjoy spending time with my husband, being active, exercising. It's definitely something I enjoy eating really good food all the time, doing a little bit of cooking, kind of enough to get by and call myself a, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm handling things around the house, but let's be honest, it's minor. And yeah, I love ice cream. And I that think she does. <laughs> Expensive taste in ice cream too. Okay. That's thanks to you. That's thanks. So Emma was very sweet and surprised me with a pint of ice cream that was like epic and so good, but it's so overpriced. I was like, I'm only buying this for you. I'm not going to buy it for myself. <laughs> but <laughs> I have some friends. Are <laughs> yeah. So hi, everybody. That is all about me. All right. As we talk over each other, as we do on our own podcast, uh, my name is Emma and I definitely do not live in Rhode Island. I live in Savannah, Georgia. So we are kind of opposite of each other, north and south. I too have a 20-month-old son. It's crazy to say that he is 20 months old. Wow, time flies. My husband and I just celebrated our sixth wedding anniversary this past weekend. So that was pretty crazy. And I am professionally a personal trainer and nutrition coach. I've been doing that eight-ish years or more. Yeah. And so currently I'm doing that part-time as well as being at home with my wild child toddler part-time. So yeah, that's that's kind of the, the short end. I do not enjoy expensive ice cream. I prefer to buy overpriced <laughs> peanut butter cups. So that's my guilty pleasure, I guess. <laughs> well, I like peanut butter cups and ice cream, so... Hey, it's a perfect combo, really. It is. It really That's is. That's true. I have eaten them together. I've crushed the peanut butter cups and the ice cream, if I'm being really honest. Well, thank you, ladies, for those great introductions. And you both came together and you run an awesome podcast, which we will talk about soon. So at More Than a Mother, we believe that you can pursue your dreams and be a great mom at the same time. However, with that being said, we know that everyone has a story and none of us wake up being these great people that we suddenly are today. So if you both could just kind of tell us what was that defining moment or the aha moment in your life that kind of brought you to the point that you're at today? Mackenzie, how about we start with you? I would say that for me, it wasn't necessarily like one specific pivotal moment, but I would say that 
overall, it has been how my life has really changed since the birth of my son, Emerson. So I would say like basically going through the end of my pregnancy to him arriving. So basically how my life has changed within the last couple of years. And I think it's just because of adding on that additional layer to the ways that I define myself, adding on the, the layer of being a mother. So that would be what was really a change for me because it really forced me to reevaluate you know, who am I obviously before I had him and then after I had him, like now I have this title of mother, but what does it really mean about who I am? And then try to figure out how the rest of my life balances around that. How do my friendships balance? How does my marriage balance? How does my career balance? And, you know, how does my own relationship with myself balance? So I would say that my aha moment is just a little bit more truly what this transition has been like for me, the transition into motherhood and, and through it thus far. So for me, as opposed to one single moment, it was more just, I guess, the, the collection of these past few months. That's wonderful. How about you, Emma? Yeah, I would say for me, it's definitely been that that matrescence period as we talk about on our podcast, which is kind of the birth of yourself as, as becoming a mother, because there is definitely this trying to blend together who you were pre-baby and who you were post-baby. And that's been a challenge for me. And I'd say kind of my aha moment was, you know, early in those first postpartum days, that fourth trimester, I was also, I really thought I could just keep doing all the work things that I had been doing pre-pregnancy. I thought my baby was just going to fit into my life and that's just how it was going to work. And I really, truly actually had kind of an epic meltdown that, you know, was where I was trying to do all the things. And I basically felt like I was failing at all the things. I wasn't being an awesome wife. I wasn't being an awesome mom. I wasn't being an awesome entrepreneur. But in that kind of you know, low moment, I really actually realized like, that's okay. And it's okay that there are different seasons for different focuses. And it didn't mean that that defined me one way or the other, that I was always me at the center and that, you know, these other aspects were big parts of my life and they were going to kind of ebb and flow just depending on where I was. So that was kind of my, my pivotal moment, I'd say at least in the, in recent times. Yeah. And it's amazing how motherhood can be such a pivotal and transition period for us and just that moment that kind of brings us into our own but also into being these beings that are responsible for little humans that we suddenly have to know how to take care of so that is definitely natural to kind of put us all in that kind of spin to where what am i doing am i doing it right how is this all going to work out and i see i like how you both came together to talk about and start this podcast which is abc's of matrescence and how you really dive into that uh, concept of becoming a mother and stepping into motherhood. So in doing this and what gave you that concept that you wanted to start this podcast to kind of talk about the idea of stepping into motherhood and going through the matrescence period? So I would say the interesting thing is that, so Emma and I started connecting, we met through an online Facebook group, support group for women who had experienced hypothalamic amenorrhea, so the absence of having a menstrual cycle. And Emma and I met and connected in that group. And then we did become pregnant and kind of like knew each other among the other women in the group during our pregnancy and then at the birth of our sons as well. And then it was, I think the boys were somewhere, I want to say between like six and eight weeks old. I mean, it was pretty early, Emma, wasn't it? Pretty, oh, yeah. pretty early. It was early. On. We were still in the fog. We were in a fog and we just started connecting. I think Emma wrote a post on our group about something to do with baby sleep. And I reached out to her being like, girl, I feel like I'm in the baby sleep, you know, like horrors of, of the world right now too. And then we connected. And so we just, you know, really, truly got to know each other, communicating every single day, many times a day. And 
I guess for both of us, at first it kind of tossed like a joke, like, oh, we should start a podcast, like something funny would happen or something serious would happen or we'd have a, I mean, something we were sharing. And then, you know, it just kind of continued. And as we got to, you know, get to know each other and we're having these conversations, they extended a lot beyond, oh, what schedule is your baby on? Or how are you starting solids? Or how's your husband? Like it turned out to be a lot deeper than that. Like, how are you feeling emotionally? Like, how are you taking care of yourself physically? What's working for you? What's not working for you? And we really went beneath the surface and it was real and it was honest and it wasn't just filtered pictures or, you know, the kind of like quick chat you'd send a friend. Oh, it's great. I love my baby. Isn't he cute? It was very like real. And so I think both of us were like, we, we really feel like that we're onto something here. We feel like we have something to share. We have something that other mothers could relate to and perhaps learn from. And then I think the other aspect of it for us was that we had done so much research and so much growth and so much learning as mothers, whether it was the decision to do, like I, for example, started with purees, Emma did baby led weaning, whatever our stories or experiences were with the various aspects of raising the boys, I think gave us the opportunity to say, hey, we actually have a pretty decent knowledge base. It'd be really cool to provide that outlet to other mothers as well. And then I think both of us just had this desire to connect with other women and generally mother, other women who are mothers as well, and kind of find out more about their own experiences in motherhood. And that's kind of something we've tried to do in the interview portion of our podcast. Emma, what are your thoughts on that? I would say, I would say, yeah, for sure. All those things. And I think one of the things I loved most is just that feeling of connection with somebody else who is really going through it kind of also at the same timeline, because while I have such good friends that would have listened to anything, it was really helpful to to speak to somebody who was kind of going down the same timeline, but maybe slightly different paths. Or even as Mackenzie said, that we, we did things differently. We didn't do everything the same and we didn't completely agree per se, but it was also we could be supportive without being judgmental. And I find that that was a little bit of a gap in some of the mom literature I'd seen or even being in some groups that were quite frankly kind of harsh of, you know, no, this way is right and this way is wrong. And there was a lot of either mom guilting, mom shaming, all of that. And I really wanted to yeah, be a platform really to show women that it's okay that we don't do things the same way and that we can still support each other as opposed to kind of bash each other. So that was an important aspect of starting the podcast to me. No, that's very important. I mean, I like how you both pointed out that whole connection aspect and finding someone that was kind of on common ground. And even though you did things differently, you still had enough similarities between the two of you that you were able to form this bond that to me a lot of times is lacking because as you just mentioned, Emma, where some of these groups and some of these platforms you come across, there's mom shaming or people are just harsh to each other. So it's really refreshing to find those people that you can connect with because we all, when we become mothers, we kind of just get knee deep into motherhood and we deal with a lot with mom guilt, with insecurities and all those type of things that we kind of lose ourselves in that motherhood aspect. So when we're able to connect with someone and just kind of pull ourselves through this and then build a platform so that we can help encourage other mothers, I think that is something that's very inspirational in itself. If you love podcasts as much as I do, then you've probably thought about starting your own. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show. Podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. You can simply start with some gear that you already have and find a quiet space and hit record. 
Podcasting isn't hard, especially when you have the right partners. And that's why I chose Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and so many more within minutes of finishing your recording. With Buzzsprout, you'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and so much more. Plus, the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. No need to wait. Head on over to Buzzsprout and get started on your podcast today. Best of all, following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know I sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and also helps support my show. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Head on over to Buzzsprout and let's create something great together. As we're doing this whole process, because I know you guys talk about matrescence and the process of becoming a mother and a lot about how we just mentioned how women, we get so lost in motherhood. I mean, what kind of things did you guys deal with when you were first becoming mothers? Because I know we you touched briefly on that fourth trimester. So I would really like if you could both kind of explain, like, what were you going through during what is called the fourth trimester that a lot of people don't really talk about? Well, that's a, that's a great question. It's an important question. I, I would say the most significant thing I was going through was, you know, Emma mentioned it briefly, and that's, you know, you're, you still want to do the things that you did before, but then now you have a baby and you realize very quickly that you can't do those things. So there's this very drastic identity shift. And so, you know, matrescence is defined as the psychological, physical, and emotional changes that a woman goes through. So I feel that, you know, each one of those of the three pillars of, of matrescence was hitting me in a different way. So physically, all of a sudden, you feel like you're living in this brand new body because not only are you dealing with the fourth trimester, you know, your body has has just grown significantly over nine months and now it's kind of in the process of shrinking, but yet you're still nursing a baby if, if you choose to, to breastfeed. And that's something Emma and I both did. And we found that, you know, then you're still giving, giving, giving of your body all the time. You're also physically depleted and you're just trying to find what's your body's new average. Like you're, you know, you're hungrier than before, you know, you're more tired than before, et cetera. So there's that aspect that was extremely challenging and that's really not talked about. I mean, it's all of the things, you know, be it, you know, talking about the discomfort of nursing to the physical discomfort that you go through that first month after. I mean, I felt like nobody mentioned to me, not even a word about the feminine products that you need in the month after, for goodness sake. I mean, that's a very simple thing, but it's very, I remember asking my husband like two days postpartum, if he could run to CVS for me, like, and I remember thinking after that, like, how nice would it have been if I would have known to have those items on hand, you know, just isn't talked about. And then I would say emotionally, you know, all of a sudden you find yourself having a much different relationship with your husband or with your partner or with your support person, because you know, you don't just get that one-on-one -on -one time with them. There's a baby in the middle of everything. And then managing your own extended family and also your in-laws. So I feel like there's just a lot of emotional things that are going on. And then, you know, obviously the psychological stuff too, you know, just kind of trying to identify what is the most meaningful for you. And does that, does that mean a career? Are you returning to a career? Is that childcare options? What's going on? Is it possible for your family? Can you afford childcare? Can you afford to not work? Right. So I just feel like there's a lot of 
kind of mental stuff going on there. And so for me, it was the, it was honestly the combination of all three. Yeah. I think mine was more of a case of expectations versus reality. I had personally never been around a newborn or an infant. I had very little baby experience and I I did. I had this fantasy in my head of, I prepared for the birth, which is what everybody tells you to do. You read all the pregnancy books, you read all the baby books, you know, and it's like you plan for this epic birth, but then nobody says what's going to happen afterwards. And suddenly, you know, me and my husband thought we were just going to take home this sweet newborn that we had worked so hard to have and everything was going to be hung dory and we'd split 50 50 getting up at night and you know of course you're sleep deprived but how bad is it because you have this sweet little baby and yeah it was really hard like our newborn was very fussy he was he had was colicky diagnosed and so there was a lot of tears me and my husband struggled to communicate we struggled to figure out what our new roles were i struggled to you know ask for help and so there was just a big gap and what I expected that time period to look like and what it was. And that was kind of, for me, kind of hard to come to terms with. And there was actually a lot of struggle of some disappointment. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, what did we just get ourselves into? Like, this isn't what I signed up for. And, we, and you know, we got there over time and it changed, but there was definitely a gap of expectation that I do kind of wish, as Mackenzie had talked about, you know, in those, some of the physical stuff and mental stuff, just stuff that I didn't feel like anybody talked about. And that was a big thing, I guess, that also contributed to us starting the podcast was we just felt like, come on, people, there's, there's some real talk to be had here and not enough ladies are sharing it. So. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's definitely real talk to be had. And I like how you both said in your own way about how you're prepared. You're preparing for the birth, like you're pregnant for the nine months, you're preparing to go to the hospital to have this baby, but then afterwards you're just handed over this little human. And it's like, here you go, take it home and figure out what to do. And I like how you both just said how no one tells you really what to prepare for afterwards. And that is such an important point because I mean, my kids are a little older, but nothing changes where it's just, okay, you have this baby. It's like, okay, go home. You have to suddenly learn how to breastfeed. You just supposed to adjust to having this new human being in your life and just deal with it. So it's definitely a very important conversation to have. I mean, even back when I was having my kids, I don't think the fourth trimester is something that I've just recently started to hear more and more about. I don't think many people have talked about it for very long. And I just like how platforms like yours have come about to really have these conversations, these real conversations, and let people know that you're not alone. Because just think about how many moms out there kind of have suffered with this alone. And now that they didn't have that conversation. There weren't platforms available. People weren't having these conversations. So a lot of women had to deal with these things alone, postpartum depression, all the physical, emotional, psychological things that you talked about. But now these conversations are being had more often. So now it's forming that community to where we don't feel like we're doing something wrong or we can kind of start to change that narrative as these are things that are normal to experience. You're not supposed to have it all figured out as soon as you have this baby and go home. Everything's not just going to go back to whatever your life was before. Life is going to change and it's okay. I really just like that you guys have this platform and it's here and that you're having these conversations. And I also want to commend you both for having 
20 month olds and that you've been able to navigate through this. Cause I know when my kids were little, this would have been the last thing that I was thinking about, but the fact that you two are able to come together and start this podcast and really have these conversations to me, it's just phenomenal. Well, what's funny is I think for us, the reason we decided to do it, cause I think we both at the time did feel exhausted and stretched thin. Like, it's not like we were at this like relaxed time in our lives, but I think we needed something that felt like ours you know we felt like we gave so much of our time in our you know mental energy and and everything to our kiddos that i think it did felt like almost reclaiming a little bit of ourselves to be like i know my 24-hour focus is on my kid but like i'm still a person and i'm still a mom and i still like need to have these conversations that are, are focused on somewhat my my experience in my life and you know everybody calls you and asks how's the baby how's the baby and quite frankly there's very little like how's mom doing you know or how's the marriage doing or like you know some of those kind of questions so i think for us while it has certainly been a stretch and there are many nights that we're like oh my god we're supposed to podcast i'm so tired like i can't think straight it has still been a, a positive way for us to feel like ourselves and feel like we're yeah using our our brains here and there outside of singing toddler tunes all day so <laughs> i would definitely agree it's it's certainly provided an intellectual outlet and and also you know in some ways a creative outlet you know and and kind of combining both of our our different skill sets and even if some of them are a bit of a reach but going outside of our comfort zone you know like i remember even just taking you as an example Luan, when we discovered you and learned more about you and you know we we're just connecting with you just a little bit on instagram i remember emma and i chatting and saying it would be amazing to have her on what do you think do you think she'd say yes and it's just that is outside your comfort zone you know to to ask somebody who's a stranger to open up with you like in a very intimate way over a podcast sharing a story and I think that, you know, just that experience of, of connecting with other women, connecting with other moms and, and getting beneath the surface with them is, is just such a positive experience. And it does, it, it pushes the envelope a little bit. It challenges us. I think both intellectually, it challenges our worldview, it challenges our mindset. And I do think that that is a really positive aspect to not only podcasting, but social media. You know, you, you can gain gain knowledge about other experiences and other people and other walks of life just simply by you know putting yourself in, in a position where at least you're exposed to it at a minimum i agree with that especially when you said the social media part because i feel like a lot of people especially with you guys when i see you post your new pictures i'm like i feel like i'm in the journey and i know what's happening and i know you guys so definitely you do get to meet a lot of new people and make connections and really how Emma, you pointed out about having something that felt like your own. And I think a lot of moms, we lose sight of that. And that was, I would say that would have been my struggle when my kids were younger. That I, that was the last thing I was thinking about was finding something that was my own. And the fact that you two were able to identify the need for that and build something so that you have that outlet to me is commendable because it took me till my kids were much older to be like, okay, I have kind of lost myself in this motherhood thing. I need to figure out what works for me what things I like to do, what my creative outlet is. So as I said, having young kids and being able to do this and finding that creative outlet and something that's your own is just commendable in itself. Now, I know that we have some moms listening that may be in that struggle where they have that mom guilt to where, or they're feeling conflicted to where they want to find a way to have something that's their own, or they're trying to get in touch with the things that they forgot that they love to do or the things that they forgot that they enjoy. Are there any tips or anything that you could perhaps offer to a mom who is saying, okay, I need to find something that's my own. I need to get back in touch with myself outside of motherhood. 
Well, you know, one thing actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this right from you, Lawan, because this is advice you gave me and that I heard on your podcast too, and it, it's actually really appropriate. And that's to, you know, when you can really take a step back and realize that life is gonna go on if you simplify. Like life is gonna go on if you get takeout for dinner. You know, life's gonna go on if if you leave something not perfectly tidied. You know, so I think kind of giving yourself permission to you know, cut corners, honestly, when, when, when appropriate, like what, what could happen or what standard are you holding yourself to? It's certainly important, you know, to take care of, of your family. And, and that's something that is, is, you know, it's a blessing to have children to take care of, but also I think kind of establishing those, those boundaries as well. You know, you don't need to be, you know, providing three course dinners or whatnot, you know, you can kind of take a step back there. So I would say that is, that's a big one, you know, for, for a mom to evaluate. And then I would say if you are, you know, with, with your husband or with your partner or support person to really understand the importance of, of delegation and also just communication. So, you know, speaking directly, like it would be very helpful if you did this for me or, you know, having a conversation like my husband and I, you know, every week we talk about what's on the calendar for the upcoming week. So I'll say to him, Hey, I, I'm, you know, I'm tutoring at this time, you know, so if possible, like, you know, you please like take over from 345 until 515. So it's very specific. We talk about it or I'll say, Hey, you know, like looking ahead to this week, I'm planning on getting groceries Monday. So, you know, we'll have a set for a couple of days, but what do you think about doing, you know, takeout on Wednesday and then maybe, you know, Friday we grab something quick like Chick-fil-A, like just kind of like getting kind of something on the table as well can just be helpful to, to give back a little bit of that time. And then I would say as well, you know, tr- trying your best to, you know, basically like the time has to be intentional. So for example, Emma and I really enjoy exercising. So Emma generally wakes up early to exercise. Like that's just her routine. I generally exercise during Emerson's afternoon nap time. So both of us just plan into our days, like that's just going to happen. So I know, for example, if I have two hours of work that needs to get done and I don't wake up early and I don't want to stay up late, then I have to give up my exercise for the day because that time gets into Emerson's nap. Same with Emma. If she knows, you know what, I need to sleep in a little bit or that's not going to happen, then there goes her time. So I think it's also just realizing like, you know, you kind of set a routine and you try your best to follow it and and you have to carve out that time really intentionally. And even if it takes writing it down, setting an alarm, you know, finding what that means for you and then being flexible. A night when, you know, our babies are up a couple times, they're teething or they're upset or they're sick or something's off and, you know, we sleep in or we need to get caught up on something we didn't anticipate, then you have to be go with the flow. And some days, you know, you're, you're, I don't know, you're behind the, the, the curve and that just has to be the way it is. So I, I can't say I did a go with the flow. I don't know if, if I'm being honest, if I'm very go with the flow, but uh, well, you know, I'm not either. That's <laughs> why it made me chuckle. I was like, Mackenzie, are you saying go with the flow? Like you're super laid back. No, it's a good point. And it, it is like, you do have to learn to let things go at some point. And I think for me, especially in those early days, it was starting small. Like I, I almost felt like I would see friends like, oh, they're going to have overnights with their girlfriends and leaving their kiddos. And they were going to do these big, you know, getting dressed up and going places. And that almost felt like intimidating to me. And so for me, it was just like, okay, no, go take an hour and go take a walk or go sit in a coffee shop without the baby or go get my nails done or like something really small. It didn't have to be super luxurious. It really could have just been like just having some quiet time. And so it doesn't have to be self-care quote unquote, like as seen on Instagram, doesn't have to be a big, a big expensive endeavor of a spa day. It can really just be finding whatever allows you to disconnect. And I think that's, that was the number one thing of prioritizing. I really 
had to take a step back and say, yes, I could spend this time going to grocery shop. I could spend this time tidying up the house. But like, what is going to really make me enjoy my time with my kid, enjoy my time with my husband? Like, what is that special time to me that really allows me to unwind and sometimes put the rest aside and prioritize it first? And then, you know, let the rest be taken care of later. So those are great tips and i am with you i am not a go with the flow person as much <laughs> as i talk about it, it's like a lot of times i listen to my own episodes i'm like i need to hear this i am working on my flexibility and go with the flow but i really do agree with one that asking for help and then starting small because i think a lot of us feel that everything does have to be big like we're extremists so we go from one extreme to the next where it's like we're not doing anything for ourselves and then all of a sudden it's like okay i want to make myself a priority so then i go to the opposite extreme but that's not something that is sustainable so really starting small prioritizing your time and as you said being intentional and learning how to be flexible those are all great tips so we are definitely in a crazy time now with this pandemic and everything around us. And we have been in this situation for many, many months. So what is it like for you both being moms during this time with running a podcast and all the other things that you have going on? What is life like for you right now? Gosh, what a question. I mean, I think that the interesting thing about having the podcast was we launched the podcast at the beginning of the year. So we were able to basically chat about COVID from kind of the beginnings. So it was kind of a an interesting way for us to recap what's going on. We did a couple um, episodes kind of more strictly related to COVID, kind of chatting about exactly what things were looking like in our cities and how it was affecting our lives and our parenting, et cetera. And then obviously, you know, as, as time went on and, and, you know, you kind of start to feel like, okay, we're kind of in the groove, like things are kind of opening up. It seems okay. But then my family, we actually all got sick with COVID. So we all got it. And so that was really interesting to, to experience because once we got through it, we were very sick. My husband and I were very sick for three weeks and our son had it as well, although he, his symptoms were minor, thank goodness. But Emma and I did record an episode about it. So there was something really neat as well about actually getting to share that experience. So I would say that as horrible as it was to be sick, it did provide provide an opportunity to inform others a little bit more about how an experience would be, I would imagine, for for the majority of folks um, that go into it in, in, in good health, but also still get hit pretty hard. So that was definitely one aspect of, of what the last six months have been like for me personally and for, for my family personally. But I would just say that, you know, something Emma and I talk about a lot is just kind of finding that that balance. Like it's very hard. You know, you you want to socialize. So like, for example, I want to see my parents, but I want them to stay safe. So what does that look like? Well, it looks like they're getting tested, you know, before they come out here, then they're out here, then we're all wearing masks for a certain period of time, just so we make sure no one has symptoms cropping up and check in with how everybody's feeling and, you know, not doing, you know, many outings and, and all those kinds of things, or, or even with with Emerson, what's most appropriate? Like which friends, you know, am I going to feel comfortable seeing and then not seeing? And what does that look like? And it just feels very challenging because there are way too many gray areas. And the second you start to feel comfortable with one thing, another rule or you know regulation or suggestion changes, whether it's from the CDC or a government official or a family circumstance, and then you just get a whole nother, you know, worldview on it or a whole nother opinion on it and you're you're you feel like you're back to square one. Thank you for tuning in every week. Your support certainly does not go unnoticed. If you truly love the More Than a Mother podcast, please remember to share, subscribe, rate, and leave a review. 
The more you share, the more you review, the more moms this show can reach. Let's keep spreading the word about the greatness of the More Than a Mother podcast so that other moms can feel inspired and motivated just like you. Yeah, I think for me, it's been, I mean, obviously challenging. We don't have family here. And so we really haven't seen family since all this has started. So that's been hard. And I think just the overall theme of grieving all the things we're missing out on, you know, with at this age, we had all these plans. We had all these things that I thought he would do. I mean, I'm already kind of getting sad just because Halloween's coming up and I'm like, yeah, he's not going to be out trick-or-treating like we expected. We're not going to pumpkin patch hay rides. And I mean, it's all kind of frivolous stuff. But at the same time, like, I'm never going to get this time back with him. Like, we're we're never going to get these experiences. He's also missed out on a huge amount of socialization that has presented its own challenges. We're dealing with kind of some separation anxiety issues and some clinginess that feels super extreme. And talking to some child care providers have said it's becoming really common with kids going through this. So, I feel like just, yeah, kind of having to grieve the loss of these these times and moments that we pictured in our head. We had planned to travel to come see McKinsey, and that didn't happen. And so it's sitting with that. It's also just missing out on the community. You know, I kind of feel like we were never supposed to do this all by ourselves, and we kind of have had to. And there's been amazing things oddly to come out of it is of lots of family time. My husband's been around far more than he ever has. And so there's been value, there's lessons learned, but to say it's been challenging being stuck at home where I can't even go like run an errand, you know, with my kiddo. Yeah. It's hard on, on the old mental health, I'd say most days. <laughs> and I, I can agree with all of that because my family, we also all had COVID. Ours, luckily we had mild symptoms, so none of us were really that ill, but it does. It takes that mental, even before we even had COVID, there was that mental aspect of constantly worrying, constantly wondering, is it going to cross your doorstep? And then when it does, that's a whole nother mental aspect that comes into play. And then also with missing out. So if we look at it, we're in at the time record, recording this, the end of September. And it's like, how many things that people miss out on with not really having a summer, how many traditions. And yes, it is, as you, we tend to say, kind of first world problems or frivolous things, but these are traditions that we have known for our whole lives. And we just think about all the things that we are kind of missing out on now. But then there's also that point that you brought up, Emma, about having that family time and having your husband around and all of that. So, I mean, it's kind of, there's good that's coming out of it, but at the same time, there's that part that eventually we are going to have to deal with because I, in my personal opinion, there's going to be a lot of post-traumatic stress that's going to come out of this whole pandemic experience because right now we're all in the midst of it, but it's like, it's weighing on so many people in so many different ways that we're really, to me, once this is finally kind of resolving itself, there are going to be a lot of issues that come out of it. Yeah, I think people won't just, life may never go back to exactly how it was. I think, you know, the work world has changed. Our lifestyle has changed. The pace of life has changed and in some ways for the better. But I think there's going to be a big barrier in expecting to, you know, immediately jump back into that fast paced life that we are all living. And we're going to have to find some semblance of, I hate saying the new normal. That's what people keep saying, but yeah, life has changed. And I think we're going to have to navigate what that looks like going forward. And it's not going to be without feeling the weight of how all of this has sat on everybody. It's okay to say new normal, as long as you don't say unprecedented times. We're fine. I mean, we could throw out all the cliches. <laughs> we're good at that. So 
That's a good one. So what would you both say has been the most rewarding part of your life journey so far? Well, speaking of cliches, I can't help but say, honestly, motherhood, because not only has becoming a mother given me the opportunity to connect with a little human being that I made, which is pretty wild. And I would say for for anybody that goes through the experience of, of having a child, even if it's their surrogacy, adoption, whatever that, that story or journey looks like to you, you know, having that little person in your life and realizing that you are playing such a tremendous role in, in the little person that they're becoming is just extremely meaningful and rewarding. But in addition to, so within motherhood, but then get Emerson aside, which perhaps is a bit of a strange thing to imagine because it's motherhood. So of course he's there. But I would say it's the way that I've grown and developed and in facing the challenges of the fourth trimester and facing the challenges of trying to find a balance with maintaining some aspects of my professional life in trying to find, you know, my groove, you know, in my marriage as a mother, et cetera. I would say that I've, I've seen just tremendous change and growth in myself. And even if that's not fully complete, even if my struggles are, are certainly is still numerous, Emma can attest to that from my you know, daily and hourly communications with her that it's not always <laughs> a cakewalk. But that being said, you know, it's, it's an ongoing transformation. And I, and I do see myself growing and changing in positive ways, you know, when I, when I really take a step back and look at it. So I would say that going through motherhood has, has given me an opportunity to, to really look at myself in a new light. And I think, you know, Luan, your podcast is called More Than a Mother, and it's a wonderful reminder that, you know, I, I can, I can continue to use, you know, motherhood has been transformative for me, and it's been tremendously important for me, but it's not my end point either. So I can, you know, carry on what, what I'm learning through motherhood. And, you know, as Emerson gets a little older and more independent, I'm going to be able to pour more time and energy back into my career. I'm going to be able to come through what sometimes feels like a bit of the fog right now of having a toddler. And, and I'm going to be able to continue to pursue interests that I had before he was born. And that will be new interests that will present themselves. So I think that, you know, just walking the path of motherhood really does provide you know the opportunity for some serious reflection. So. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I can't help but say, obviously, the the point of motherhood, but I think even for me, going through infertility journey had a really huge impact on me, as did we had a miscarriage that was pretty impactful, and and then stepping into motherhood, and I think for me, this the simple theme, I, I guess I could say, was that I am strong and I'm resilient, and those two just concepts of embracing that and realizing like I can do hard things and I I can struggle and I can fail but at the end of the day like I can bounce back and I I guess somewhere in the process of going through all this and becoming a mom and I don't know maybe having a little human that is dependent on me and looks up to me and it made me realize that I want to be that role model of it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to struggle but I'm also really strong I I will bounce back and and we as a family will bounce back and there's been something about jumping into motherhood that I do feel I guess yeah just powerful in that going through COVID going through job changes going through transitions I have faith in myself that yeah I can lead our family and then I can be a strong mom I can be a strong wife and I'm a strong human being and no matter what challenges present themselves we're we're going to be okay that's very true. And it's amazing how much of a reward can come out of motherhood and all the different things that you both 
pointed out, it definitely is a rewarding experience and a rewarding part of life. And it teaches you, as you said, you can do hard things and you're strong and the challenges that you face as a mother, it's like to me, as your kids get older and the different challenges that you start to encounter, you'll realize that, yeah, I really can do anything. So motherhood kind of gives you that kind of feeling like a superhero sometimes, even though we're not super moms. Once you learn how to navigate kids and then you have multiple kids and learning how to parent each one of them differently, you do start to just develop that thing. Okay, I can make it through this so I can make it through anything. So thank you both for sharing that. So what tips can you offer to a mom who may be struggling right now to kind of manage it all? Is there like a tip or tips that you could offer to a mom? So I, I touched on just a little bit earlier, but having a calendar and then my husband and I talking about what's coming up in the week. So I find that it's very helpful to just have, you know, something for our family. It's just literally a big calendar we put in our fridge. It's like very big. And we just write in, you know, it's, it's, it's month by month. So you just tear it off when the month goes by. So my husband will write in his work schedule. I'll write in various things, whether it's a doctor's appointment, it's, you know, something that I'm doing for side work, like tutoring or a class I'm teaching, et cetera. Any Emerson appointments, Emerson events, we put it all on their family visiting or not visiting, what have you. And we just find that that really gives us kind of a, a way to take a screenshot of the week and to, and to kind of plan at least somewhat appropriately to know, okay, like, so for example, tonight, my interview tonight, you know, being able to be here with you, Luan, and with Emma as well was, was on the calendar. So we knew that. So, you know, it was just worked into the day. I knew that I would not be having tonight at this time to be getting other work done for the class I'm teaching, for example. So I would say that, you know, there's something to be said about like putting it down, communicating again with that, your husband, your partner, your supports person and, and let them know kind of what's going on too. So there aren't surprises. So that would be a really big thing. And then, you know, for, for me personally, it's one thing that's super, super important is prioritizing sleep. I feel like if I don't get um, good sleep, then the, the rest of everything in my day can be very off. And that's a very silly thing to say, especially to new moms, because clearly you're going to be very exhausted. But you know, whether it's, you know, trying to sneak in a little bit of time to rest or, you know, obviously it's tough at the beginning, but, you know, you have to, you have to be outspoken then to, to, to those that are able to help you and just say, Hey, like I, I need this, this little bit of time. Like Emma said, you're, you know, you're not taking a three-day spa trip. You're just asking for an hour or two. And, you know, for me personally, I know like I stay up too late and Emerson's up early. It's, it's a bad combination and that's on me. I need to try to turn in a little bit earlier. So I would, I would say that those would be two things for me, organization and then prioritizing my most basic need, which is sleep and eating well. That's another thing too, you know, making sure I have enough, enough to eat. And, you know, Emma knows I don't miss a meal, <laughs> don't, don't miss snacks either. So nobody wants a hangry mom that never goes well. So that, that that's a good mom. tip in itself. <laughs> don't get hangry. Yeah. I, I guess for me, I, the best tip that I ever realized or realization I had was that I can't manage it all. Like, and I had to just let go of that. Like there were so many things in my almost previous life before having a baby that I, I could, I could juggle all the things and, you know, stay up a little late, you know, add in some extra hours. And, and since having a baby, there aren't all these magical extra hours. So I think in some ways I just had to make it a little easier on myself and realize, you know what, sometimes if I go to bed and the laundry didn't get done, then the world is not going to collapse tomorrow. And, you know, as you talked about earlier, like if I didn't get to make dinner and we have sandwiches instead, like, 
guess what? We all ate. We're all like still alive. So to me, it was just kind of learning to pick and choose what are the really important things and just having to be okay with lowering the expectation and giving myself some grace because it's a long road. It's not a sprint. It's not just this week. It's a long life and, you know, we need to find some happiness in it and chill out. So. Those are fantastic tips and I could not agree more. Well, ladies, I would love to talk to you mm-hmm. all day, all night, because this has been such a great conversation. But if you could just tell our audience where they can connect with the podcast and where they can connect with you both online, because I would love to send my moms over to listen to your amazing podcast and just hear all the great discussions around motherhood and all that you have over there. So if you could just direct our audience to where they can find you online. Absolutely. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in and learning a little bit more about me and about Emma. So our podcast is called ABCs of Matrescence. So just ABCS of Matrescence. And the word is just spelled M-A-T-R-E-S-C-E-N-C-E. I spell that right, Emma? Matrescence? Yep, you did. I know. I had to think about it. (laughs) Yep. And so that is the name of our podcast. You can find it on your favorite podcasting platform. And also our Instagram account is just at ABCs of Matrescence, one word. And also our, G- our Gmail account, just ABCs of Matrescence at Gmail. And we also have a website, abcsofmatrescence.com. So you can check us out on any of our platforms. We do really, just like Luan said, we try to keep it really real on Instagram. We post pictures and content that we feel like is is going to be a genuine reflection of both the joys and the struggles going on in our lives. And we also provide information about various episodes, et cetera, there. So we would love for you to check us out and learn a little bit more about us. And let us know, of course, if you have any questions and connect with us. Yes, definitely. So I will be sure to link to all of that in the show notes, as well as link to the podcast and provide a description and just really direct everyone over. Because as I said, this is such an important topic and something that moms really need. So I thank you, Emma and Mackenzie, for joining me today for this interview. It was truly great. And I just thank you both for being my guest. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity, Lon. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to LawanMoses.com. I love for us to stay in touch. Make sure you leave your email address so I can send you inspiration, tips, and the latest updates. Or if you prefer, text the word more, that's M-O-R-E, to 302-440-4632. We have some great things coming up and I don't want you to miss a thing. Thanks again. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, keep pressing because victory is yours.